<clears throat> All right. So let's do it. Let's talk next. Episode 572 of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ. We're talking some more Knicks. Um, they defeated a shorthanded Cavs team in the first of a home-and-home back-to-back, so we'll talk Game 1, which took place on Halloween night last night at um, Q-Tip, wherever, whatever they call that place. Let's do it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to BD4. BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. We do Yanks episodes every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Before we do start talking New York Knicks, um, the NBA released um, like the color scheme of the court for each team, um, you know, for those NBA cup tournament games they released the floor patterns and uh the general consensus among the nick fan base is that they do not like the court design um the orange is very bright you know it's <laughs> it's tough on the eyes you know there's been complaints about that um how they're gonna see the ball which i think that's a funny complaint but um and apparently the knicks asked the uh league they asked silver to change the color to I think a dark gray um if anything I would have kind of liked the blue but they said no it's got to be the team's primary color I think was the um response um me personally I know this is a very unpopular opinion I kind of like the court design I think it looks nice um and, and man when I say this is an unpopular opinion I couldn't find one individual who said you know, I was looking on Twitter, looking on Instagram, listening to I listened to a ton of podcasts regarding the Knicks. I couldn't find a single person who said they liked it. Um, the best I could find was, you know, CP from Knicks fans TV telling, saying he's going to give it a chance. Like that was the best. I I like it. Um, I think you know, it's fair to criticize the the brightness of it and like, I don't know. I, I kind of have to be at the garden to see, you know, but we'll, we'll see what it looks like on TV. Um, it definitely seems like it'd be a cool pro-am court for 2K, you know, um, as for how it turns out real life. Uh, this Remember, this is for the tournament games, so there, there are going to be a lot of games at the garden where you're going to be seeing the court look like this. So tournament begins on Friday against the Bucks, so that's great. 
Um, they are in the Knicks group. But, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think it's cool. Um, and if, you know, if we're talking about unpopular takes, I also like the Knicks City Edition uniforms. Um, I might have to cop one. Um, I like it, man. I love the pinstripes. They're bringing back the uh, the old school um, scheme back to the to the uniform. It's gonna look beautiful. I, you know, the the blurriness of the New York is a little too far apart. Like the the light, the second layer on New York. Um, I, I get the whole headache complaint, and that's also on the court in the tournament, but on the center. Um. I like the look of the jersey. I like the look of the court. I <laughs> I don't know. I'm alone in both of those thoughts. But, um, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd start with that. Uh, James Harden obviously finally moved to the Clippers. That was inevitable. It was only going to happen. Um, they finally get that deal done. Now it's just a matter of time to see uh, how long he lasts there. No, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the NB development unfolds. Obviously, Knicks fans and the Knicks have been connected to him. They they've we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. If obviously Philly's not done making moves, they're going to use those picks to maybe bring in another big name or try to get some help around Embiid, and we'll see where that lands. There's a lot we could discuss on that, but in here in this episode, I do want to talk Knicks. Um, News yesterday that Quentin Grimes was uh, his fourth year has been picked up by the Knicks. They exercised it, so he'll be back. That was expected. Um, but let's talk Knicks Cavs. Let's do Knicks Cavs. Um, took place last night. The Knicks in Cleveland, the first of this home and home set. They took the 109 91 victory over the Cavs. Now, the Cavs obviously were without a few of their important pieces. Uh, Karis Levert not playing. Jared Allen did not play, and neither did Darius Garland. And Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell was questionable heading into the game, but he ended up playing on a pretty bad hamstring. Um, so, you know, the Knicks needed to take this game, and they, they needed to jump Cleveland from the start and really dominate them. And they did. That they did. 109-91 was the final. Um, early on, the Knicks looked good. Um, Brunson, RJ, Grimes were all attacking Brunson had a big first quarter, nine points. Cleveland did take off on a little bit of a run. Nick defense was shoddy in the first half, but after that run, I think quickly was the run was the one to erase it in the first quarter there, knocking down a three-point shot. Second quarter was a little more difficult for the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell starts doing his thing, you know, splitting the defense on his drives, using his athleticism to just go off. And at the end of the half, little bit of a four-point swing, but the Knicks were still up going into the break. Third quarter, the defense tightens up. The Knicks start forcing a lot of turnovers and getting fast break points off of Cleveland because of it. They did a nice job taking the Cavs out of rhythm in their half-court offense. Um, fourth quarter comes, then the Knicks get a little sloppy. They start committing some bad turnovers. Um, he had some terrible turnovers and Shots under the basket, you know, ugly plays from RJ and quickly in there. Um, but you know, Cavs go on this 8 2 run that pulls it to within 12, and I don't think they really got any closer after that because quickly knocks down consecutive three pointers. 
put the Knicks back up by 18. And then to officially seal the deal, Josh Hart knocks down a three-pointer after that, extends it to 21 points. And a few minutes after that, Bickerstaff and then later Tibbs empty their bench, put their reserves in. And that was that the Knicks win one again, once again, 109 to 91. Let's talk about it. Got a few things to discuss. I want to get this episode out uh, before you know it ex- the shelf life expires because again, this is a back to back. So we're going to be talking game two tonight of this series. But we'll talk some things, and I want to start with one thing in part, one thing in particular, which is the Nick defense, and we'll do that as soon as we return. From our first break here on BD4. Be right back in about 20 seconds. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. All right. So let's get into it. Um... Yeah, the defense. Uh, listen, I've got concerns about the defense. We've talked about it a little bit here. Um, but, you know, you, you look up, uh, and four games in, not bad. Uh, 108 points allowed to Boston. Fine. It's good. 120 to Atlanta, sure. But then, 96 to the Pelicans, as bad as that game was. And then 91 last night to Cleveland. I, I know they were beat up and whatever. But the Knicks... More times than not so far this year are getting the job done on that end. They're preventing points, and that's all that matters at the end of the day for their defense. Um, It's offensively right now where they get to find a consistent rhythm. Um, But we'll talk offense plenty. I like the way the Knicks played defense last night. I like how the Knicks rotated. Um, I thought they communicated very well defensively last night. At all three levels. Um, you know, the way the Knicks are able to handle Evan Mobley every single time they see him is very impressive. They have figured out the formula. You know, they've they first of all, they get super physical with him. They beat him up, you know, on the glass, around the rim. Offensively, they'll attack him. Defensively, they'll hold their own. They're just, they're way too big and strong for him. This kid, he needs to put on some damn weight yesterday because it's clearly a problem. He hasn't put on any type of weight since he entered the league, and the Knicks, they know this. They're aware, and they take full advantage of it. Um, What they basically do is they ignore him defensively as any type of threat. You know, you saw the Knicks do it for all five games in that first round of the playoffs, and they did it last night by, you know, Hedging hard on Donovan Mitchell, which forced Evan Mobley multiple times to create offense out of the short roll. And again, he simply has problems doing that against bigger bodies like Mitch, like like Hardenstein. So they were able to just take away his effectiveness when he came out of the short roll up top. And they did a nice job taking Donovan Mitchell's offense away. They took the ball out of his hands, especially in the second half. Um... Mitchell finished with 26 points. 20 of those points came in the first half, six in the second. He got 13 shots up, four field goal, uh, four free throw attempts in the first half, seven shots up, 
zero free throw attempts in the second half. So you got to credit Tom Thibodeau for adjusting in the second half of the game by putting emphasis on those Donovan Mitchell pick and rolls. Um, the Knicks were, you know, burnt in that second quarter, particularly by Donovan Mitchell when they were in a drop coverage. But Tibbs recognizes that, and come second half, you saw a lot more blitzing at the top, which again that that forced when the Knicks blitzed on blitzed on Mitchell, it forced him to kick to Mobley early in the short roll where he had trouble creating. And now, did some of that lead to? open looks on the three-point line? Sure, but again, in this game, the three-point line wasn't exactly the concern, not in the first half. Um, it, it was containing Donovan Mitchell, who was running wild at the time. Um, and there was a possession in the third quarter that I particularly loved. Um, Donovan Mitchell's got the ball up top on the right wing. Quinton Grimes is on him. On the opposite wing, Porter Jr.'s over there. And that's Brunson's assignment. Uh, but Brunson's providing help on Mitchell at the nail. He hedges onto Mitchell for a second. Mitchell swings to Porter, Brunson's assignment. And Brunson recovers to close out on the weak side wing very quickly. Takes Porter one-on-one. He contests his shot and penetration. And then forces a miss at the basket. And that, to me, was just a perfect example of the Knicks executing Tom Thibodeau's plan to take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. Um, and they did that plenty last night. Um, and, and it was a great example of just all-around individual good defense from a guy who isn't known to be a great defender but does his best with what he has. You know, That's what makes those Nova guys so valuable. They've got limitations, sure. Brunson's small, but very smart, and he's able to read the game very effectively. So if Brunson's playing defense like that more often good things are going to be in the future for the Knicks. Um, so I just want to credit their defo- their defense, Jesus, first and foremost. Um, speaking of defense, I'm going to talk about the Nick Biggs, starting with Mitch Robinson. When we return from break, stay with us. We'll be right back in a few seconds. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. Let's give it to Mitchell Robinson. Let's hand out our bing bong game ball among the starters. Mitch. Bing bong. Mitch last night, eight points, seven rebounds, a steal. Shot 100% from the field, was a plus six in 22 minutes. No fouls. Um, Yeah, I mean, the deflections, the putbacks, just creating second opportunities, screening and re-screening for those R.J. Barrett actions, and we know how those two click well together, and just handling, handling Evan Mobley on both ends last night like Hartenstein was too, and that's the thing. The Knicks... You know, Tibbs' whole 48 minutes of rim protection. It's true. Mobley got no break last night. Um, so Mitchell Robinson continues to be a top two player on this team so far this year. He he was the best one on the floor last night, in my opinion. So he gets his second game ball in four games. So that's not bad at all. Um, 
And then you go to the bench, and I'm handing out a bing-bong game ball to Isaiah Hartenstein. Isaiah Hartenstein last night, 13 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, a couple steals, a block, shot 50%, made all four of his three throws, um, was a plus 12 in the box score across 23 minutes. Got a little more offense than we usually get last night from Hartenstein. The turnaround jump hook looked good. Um, he took a few threes, I believe, didn't knock him down, but he was good. He was eating on the glass. His head's always up after rebounding, looking for his teammates on the break. Helped lead to that R.J. Grimes fast break. Um, he was pushing Evan Mobley out of position down there, going right over him like he wasn't even there, snagging rebounds away from him, just out-muscling him. His motor, Isaiah Hartenstein's motor, is unbelievable. Probably the best on the team. Um, and, and I'll keep saying this, like it's also a contract year for Hartenstein. You know, and I'm telling you, he's going to have a breakout season. Nothing crazy, but he's going to have a very productive year. Uh, the best of his career, I think. And he's going to earn a second stint with the Knicks. So I know this is his last year here, but I do think he's back. Um, I do. I think he's he's going to earn it. And the Knicks are going to pay him enough to bring him back next year. Uh, he's <laughs> crazy where I've gone from him. You know, I was pro-Sims, anti-Hartenstein first half of last season, but he has completely, and this is with a lot of Knicks, uh, Knicks fans, he's completely, you know, changed our opinion on him. Um, um, as far as the Knicks' top two guys, by default, they still, you know, they were better last night, still not great. Um, Brunson, 19 points, 7 to 16. Two assists, five turnovers, 34 minutes of play. Some ups, some downs, especially in the first half. You know, Isaac Okoro was making him work. He was pressing him in the half court. Um, found some rhythm. Still doesn't look 100% right. I, he just doesn't. I hope it's a slow start. I, I hope that's all it is, and I'm over-exaggerating. Maybe it's fatigue from FIBA. I don't know. RJ looks fine. Um... But, you know, he, he can do a lot better than this. Um, so far, he's four games in. He's only had one great game. Um, he was excellent defensively last night, so that's good. I, I liked what I saw from him on that end. But, you know, and he, you know, 19 points, whatever. But obviously the Knicks need his offense to do anything this year. That's why they got him. He's a bucket getter. Um, Randall went for 19 and 10 last night. Still not shooting great. Uh, four games in, and he hasn't had a game yet where he shot over 40%. Um, I did like how he got to the line a ton last night. Seven out of ten, he got there ten times. You know, taking advantage of the mismatch. Dean Wade is a mismatch. Evan Mobley is a mismatch. Whoever was on him, he was taking advantage of it. Um, drawing contact. and I do like how Tibbs made it a point of emphasis to attack the mismatches with Randall, too, in, in those in those elbow isolations. Um, I follow this account on Twitter. He posts a lot of, he, you know, post clips. He clips highlights from the games. And I was watching some of the game back and Tibbs had the Knicks running a lot of stagger post screen actions uh, in that third quarter, especially where they, they, they made it an emphasis for Randall to exploit the mismatch. And if the Cavs, if the Cavs helped on Randall, he'd swing it to RJ Weekside for corner three. 
if the Cavs went one-on-one with Randall, he'd eat up uh, Wade or Mobley in those elbow post-ups. Um, and that happened a few times in a row, like three consecutive possessions. Um, so I, I like how Tibbs made a plan out there to exploit the mismatch. Um, I will say I still get anxious when I watch Julius with his back to the basket, um, even if it's in mismatches, because I prefer him in face-up since I just feel like most of his turnovers come when his back is to the basket uh, you know, and he can't see the help coming. But when he's in face-up, he's able to read the defense a lot easier. Um, so, you know, nothing crazy last night, but that was an issue two nights prior against um, New Orleans. But that's how a lot of those turnovers happen with Randall, where he's got his back to the basket and, you know, help comes from the weak side and he can't see it. Um, he's just got to find it, though, man. The, the shot's got to start falling. Like with Brunson, he's been fine on his threes nothing good but that's not been the issue the issue has been he's not finishing well inside the arc mid-range at the basket I just hope he's healthy Um, because if he's not healthy and he's not saying something and he eventually goes down for an extended period of time well then the Knicks are fucked capital F capital U capital C capital K they're fucked um because that means the Knicks would have to run Josh Hart and probably some Jericho Sims at the four. Um, I don't love that. We've discussed that plenty already. And just looking at the Eastern Conference, there's a ton of size at the top. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Sixers. There's size. Um, we, we talked about last episode a potential Jeremy Grant trade. Maybe that can happen. I don't know how realistic that is. I feel like that would cost a lot thinking back about that, but I heard Marcus Morris names come up, his name come up, potential reunion there. I think we brought that up before here on the show. I could see that, you know, but again, will Tibbs expand the rotation to 10? You know, he would still need to find room for whoever the Knicks make a deal for, and he's not going to, he's going to run nine. So I just get worried with each passing day that, Randall keeps missing as badly as he is and, you know, not exploiting these matchups and post-up. It's like, hmm, is the ankle really healthy? Hopefully it is, man. Because um, remember, it's just a few months removed. You know, we talk about last year in sports terms. Last season was a few months ago. So I just get worried. Um, I hope to God he's okay because, again, I consider Randall the most important Nick because at least behind Jalen Brunson, you've got depth. you got Emmanuel quickly who just missed out on six man last year. Um, and I love Josh Hart, but I just, I don't like what I see from Hart at power forward. I really, I, I think he might've peaked last year. I, I, he's obviously not going to shoot 60% again. Get that out of your heads. The defense knows he's not a three point marksman. Um, they know how to defend him, and it seems like because of that, he's just a, a non-factor in half-court offense a lot of the time. You know, it's like he's not making his best impact unless he's grabbing rebounds and running the fast break, and you can't do that 48 minutes at night. That's just not possible. So, um, I don't know. I, I do think 
it's important that the Knicks always have an initiator out there running the offense when when Hart and even Dante are on the floor. So, you know, Brunson or quickly if they're initiating and it helps those two guys attack from the second side. And I just I don't like when they have the ball a ton. I don't like when Hart handles it too much. I want I want our wings, especially Hart cutting, screening, slipping. You know, and we got some of that last night in the fourth quarter uh, when Quickly was on the ball. We had a possession, I think, in the second half. I don't remember which quarter. Brunson comes up for a DHO, um, but then Dante slips the screen, and he gets a, an open look cutting in the rim, dimes it off to, I think, Hartenstein, who finds the dunk. So I it's going to be an interesting wing rotation, uh, how all these guys fit together. They're probably still trying to find a, a chemistry um, I know that a lot of them have played together, but there are still other guys on this team who they have to find a, a chemistry with. So we'll see how that works. Um, I'm hoping at least quickly found something last night. 18 points, shot over 50%. I, he was able to find a shot in the second half. A lot of it came in garbage time, but we just need the confidence there. you know. Um, he did knock down that floater late in the third quarter. Kind of helped his inside-out game a little bit because then you saw him knock down those two triples in the fourth. Um, I liked Quickly's passing. Um, I loved his defense. His defense last night continues to thrive. I mean, he's always been a good defensive player. He's making rotations to cover for his teammates when they miss assignments. He's out there directing and communicating with his hands, telling guys they need to go here off the ball and switches. He's going for rebounds. He's, you know, there was a sequence mid fourth quarter where he was just doing everything on the floor. Um, so he he looks good defensively, um, and you know, a lot of these guys do. So that's why the defense overall as a team has been pretty good. Um, Grimes, I thought Grimes' defense was there. Grimes offensively still not there. Five points. Four field goal attempts, uh, 22 minutes. Um, I, I do think in this game, the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau made more of a point to put him in action. Um, you saw the Knicks run a Spain action out of an ATO in the third quarter where Grimes was the back screener and he popped up to the three-point line. He was pretty open, but Brunson, unfortunately, never really looked for him. Um, there was a horns action that Tibbs ran where it got Grimes into a DHO with Mitch and he eventually found Mitch on the lob. So there was more of an effort to get him the ball, um, but he's also super tentative, and we keep seeing that. There was a possession in the first half between him and Brunson. Grimes kept getting it, but he kept hesitating, and he didn't shoot right away, and he chose to penetrate instead of flinging it. So I just think... That might just be who he is. That might just be how it works in this role. There there will be nights, like last season, there will be nights when Grimes gets reps and he goes off for 20-plus points. And there are also going to be nights where he only sees four shots. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way it's going to work out in the pecking order right now because it's Brunson, Randall, RJ, quickly has the green light. And then, honestly, from there... Everybody else on the team is interchangeable. You know, from Dante to Grimes to even Mitch. Like, 
either one of those guys on any given night could be the fifth option, you know? So it, it might just be that way. Um, I do wish that Tom Thibodeau had Grimes on the floor more in the fourth quarter. Um, they subbed him out with four minutes, 11 seconds left in the third. And that was all for Quentin Grimes. Um, because he did leave Brunson and Randall in the game until five minutes left in the fourth. It was a blowout by then. So, you know, it was obviously to get those guys going, help them find a rhythm. But I felt like they had fine games and I felt like Grimes maybe should have been in there over one of those guys to kind of help him get going, you know, with those guys off the floor, get Grimes in there with quickly, maybe to close out the game, help them, you know, quickly was finding a rhythm late that helped his confidence. Hopefully, um, Maybe you could have threw Grimes in there with him too, help him find something. But I'm not one to complain about garbage time minutes like people do. Like man, people get so triggered by that. Um, at least I'm not going to do that early in the season. I don't mind Tibbs leaving those guys in for as long as he did. It's modern NBA. You know there are a lot more possessions. There's less defense, more scoring, a lot of switching. So it's much easier to erase a 20 point lead today than it was even five years ago. You know there's. 20-point lead is is now like a 12-point lead. That's so. Um, also, when it comes to Tibbs, before we move on and you get to our final thoughts, I, I do wish he'd stop subbing RJ out every single time in the first quarter and when he's going. Again, because he's got his little script, so he's supposed to pull RJ mid-first quarter every time, and he does. But RJ, despite knocking down the floater and then hitting the three-pointer not long after that, checks out midway through the first so Josh Hart could come in and get his extended run. It's like your team's winning. They're, they're, they're playing their best basketball when RJ's on the floor, and it doesn't matter. Tibbs just doesn't... It doesn't seem like he has a feel sometimes, and that's a little scary. Um, just pulls RJ despite him playing well is because it's in the script. It's like you don't always have to go by the book. Um but the Knicks won, all right? Um, they won 109-91, to so it's nice. I'm still not feeling it yet with this team. Um, I don't know that I will until Brunson and Randall start getting going and we go on a little bit of a win streak, um, but we do have a tough schedule, very tough schedule these next five, six games, and the fact that we're considering a 19-point effort from on sub 45% from Brunson and Randall. Good nights right now says something, you know. Um, so, you know, overall, two and two with the offense not clicking yet. Not terrible. Um, just win tonight. Get the sweep at the Garden. Um, I don't care that it's the second of a home-and-home back-to-back. I, it's also game five. Okay, get it done. Um, because you lose tonight, you got the Bucks on Friday. You lose to them, you're two and four. You know, you win tonight, you're three and two. You got the Bucks on Friday, you can live with three and three through six. Right? It's going to be a tough first game. So you got to, first 10 games. So you got to take care of the lesser tough opponents. And I feel like Cleveland is a team we've, I just spit, that we've owned. And we, we got to start owning them. Um, every time we play them now because we've seemed to figure something out and Bucks and then the Clippers. So let's please take care of the Cavs tonight. Um, 
time to win. It's time to find a rhythm. The off and on thing leads to 500 seasons, and I don't want that. And we're not here to accept mediocrity anymore. We came off a 47-win year, got to game six of the second round. Let's try to build off that. Um, so let's see where we go. All right, let's head to our final break. We'll get back and wrap it up with our trivia. Stay with us. Be right back. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4 Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's wrap this thing up with our trivia, and that'll be that. Now, again, this is more of a shorter, less detailed episode just because I want to um, get this out before game two of this doubleheader starts uh, tonight in a few hours. So let's get to our trivia. That'll be that. All right, so for this episode in episode 572, our Trivia question. In 2021, <clears throat> excuse me, I almost fucking coughed. I did cough. I almost freaking had a cough attack. <clears throat> you ever like swallow your saliva? <laughs> okay. In 2021, two Knicks received MVP votes. Named the last year where three Knicks received votes. All right. In 2021, two Knicks received MVP votes. Name the last year where three Knicks received votes. All right, that's it. That's all I've got. The Knicks win 109-91 last night in Cleveland. Finally back at the Garden tonight. That's going to feel good. It's been a bit. All right, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Episode 572 is in the books. The Knicks defeat a shorthanded Cavs team. In the first of a home-and-home back-to-back last night. Looking for their second to get the sweep tonight at the Garden. That's it. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. I'll see you later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks!